What's going on, guys? It's Anato Melendez, the Take the World podcast. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this podcast that I got to do with my great friend, Michael V. Um, man, this, this guy is a man of faith. He's a true man of God. And everything about him just, just, uh, he's just, he really is such a good guy. I've known him since I was probably in kindergarten and we've stayed in contact all these years he's a dj he's been on tour with famous comedians he's he's on tour right now with dude perfect and he seriously took the time out of his day to get on this podcast to share some motivation to share some of his backstory with us and i really hope you guys enjoy it this is my interview with michael v all right Michael, what's going on, man? What's up, bro? How you feeling, bro? I'm doing good, bro. I appreciate you coming on here on the podcast, man. I think um, people are going to get a lot of value from you. And I know that I have, and I've known you for a really long time. And I know that uh, you're one of the few people that not only have I stayed in contact with for years and years and years, but I've also been able to have like i've been able to watch you grow as a man but also like this entrepreneurial thing that you're doing and the, and the djing and everything like that it's it's really been awesome to watch so i just want you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do yeah man of course bro um well my name is dj michael v uh my real name is Michael Velez, which is a Michael V. Um, and right now, I am a full-time entrepreneur and DJ and content creator. Um, essentially, what that means uh, is I create content for Instagram and social media and stuff like that to promote music and promote artists and promote people, etc. And I'm a full-time travel DJ. That means I go on tour with artists and talent, and I DJ. Um, it could be small theaters to huge arenas, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever is the, how do you say, like, uh, whatever I'm called to do, basically. Yeah, the venue or whoever, whoever you're, uh, you're working with. Exactly. Um, so, now I know that you were, uh, you were doing, you were doing DJing with the comedian John Crisp. Yes, and, sir. and now you're with, um... I, I don't actually know what to call them. They're entertainers. Dude Perfect, they're entertainers. They're big on YouTube and social media. Um, so tell me, tell me how you got into that. Like, tell me how you got into uh, connecting with John and then uh, getting with Dude Perfect. Oh, of course, bro. So um, I've been DJing for eight years total and three have been full-time and prior to John, um, I've been DJing for artists, um, like No Big Deal and like people of, of that nature. Um, those are smaller artists in my area that I rock with heavy and I would do concerts with them. I would do stuff by myself. I would get booked to do like large conferences, like, and like venues and like stuff like that, and boutiques and like little, um, lounges and stuff like that within Atlanta. And then... I just been making my rounds and uh, one of my homeboys who's actually really like really really well connected just saw me making moves man and he was just like bro um, 
I see what you're doing and uh, I want to help. And he just kind of threw my name into a situation. And uh, at the time, I didn't know who John Chris was. And he was like, hey, man, like, you want to go on tour with John Chris? And I'm like, who's John Chris? And I looked him up, and he was, at the time, he was, uh, he was he's, he's more popular now. By the time, he was extremely popular. And uh, I was like, I mean, yeah, because uh, I was very hesitant because it's not in my line of work. Yeah. So to say, like, I'm, I'm a hip-hop DJ. So I'm like, uh, a comedian, like, his fan base really isn't what I would like as my fan base, so to say. And I'm like, I don't know if it would work and, or it would make sense, etc. And he was like, look, man, just try it out, see if you like it, whatever. Um, and John, we did two shows together, uh, I think last September, last August. And we hit it off, man. Like, we're really, like alike personality wise and we just hit it off and this is this was his first headline tour ever and it sold out um all the shows uh, sold out so i ended up taking the gig and i was okay i'll try it i mean like you know i mean like the money was right and i was in a position where i was like man i'm trying to get married so i mean any little bit of money counts so i took that and then we did a second tour with john that is I think it was like 95% sold out hit it off with that so then the production company that does his tours um, I'm really cool with the owner me and the owner are actually, are actually really really great friends so me and the manager were uh, not the manager the owner of the entire company were extremely close um, and we just became really good friends and they have an opportunity they had an opportunity to do do perfect's first tour which is this is their first tour ever and um they're the production company that is going to do it and they were like uh dude perfect wanted a dj and obviously i'm cool with the owner so my, my name kind of got thrown in there um and they were like yo we'd love to have you and they seen footage of me and stuff like that so that ended up uh being what what it was that got me out on there so it's kind of like just word of mouth and just being, I guess, at the right place at the right time. Yeah, man. Um, and it was just that, and that was just great. Like, man, dude, and, and I've been on tour with Dude Perfect for two weeks now, and it's just, they're cool guys, man, and the shows have been amazing. That's awesome, man. And, uh, yeah, man, like I like I said, I, uh, you're, you're one of my oldest friends. We're, I mean, I consider you like family. And um, I just, I don't know a lot of people that deserve the type of, uh, the type of respect that I give and, and, and the opportunities that you've been able to create for yourself. And you just, you really do deserve those, those things because uh, just everything about you, man, it, it, it's always positive energy. Um, everything that I see on your social media is like being positive, giving glory to God. And it's very rare that I find people, um, that truly, uh, how do I say, like live what they, what they say they live. Like, uh, I, I'm trying to be a good person and, and I try to bring motivation to people. And, and part of that is, being a good person outside of social media and being a good person when there's no cameras around and you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. And I just think that really fits you. So 
Um, I want you to kind of, I want you to tell me your backstory because like I, I know you growing up and stuff, but the listeners don't. So I want you to give me like a little backstory of how you grew up and maybe what kind of things influenced you to come to the place where you are now in life. I mean, yeah, bro. I mean, so I was born in Brooklyn, New York until the age of like six or seven, I think. And I moved to New Jersey, went to school in South Jersey, Egg Harbor City, um, and flip-flopped from Brooklyn to Egg Harbor City my whole life. Um, And both those situations, I grew up in just lower-income neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, So just the hood, stuff like that, growing up uh, with people that uh, really had nothing going for them, man, just selling drugs and pushing weight and all that stuff. And I grew up in an environment where I was always told to be more. Like, I seen it and I observed it, and I could have been what they were, but I was always influenced to be more. Like, people looked at me as, like, the, hey, man, like, we don't want you doing this type of things. Like, just go ahead and, and be more. So just growing up in the hood, man, like, you know what I mean? Just just selling and slinging and then just beating up on people and robbing and all that stuff. Like, just growing up in that environment, man, to the point where, like, um, when we first moved out to Jersey, man, we, we didn't have no money, nothing like that. Man, my parents bought an apartment, like, with, like, every penny they had. You know, we had no furniture. I remember we had... Uh, we had to put the TV on the floor. We didn't have no dinner table. We had to eat out every night. And then we had to uh, eat on top of a cardboard box in the middle of an empty apartment because we couldn't afford nothing, man. Yeah. And that kind of growing up, that kind of stirred just the hunger in me, man, to like not want my family to be like that um, if I ever had one. So just observing a lot of things of that nature, of the sense of like just... Uh, poverty and, and things like that and, and things that my parents um, were kind of out of their control and just seeing the way that, that we lived and how hard my dad worked to get where we are now, it's just like it, it kind of ignited a fire in me to um, just be hungry with everything, man. So, with me, it was just like, I just wanted to make money, man. It was just hustling. Hustling was like it's in my it's just in my blood, bro. Like, I remember when I was in high school uh, my freshman through senior year, I used to, because my dad works Coca-Cola, my dad uh, would bring home cases and cases and cases of, like, drinks and snacks and stuff like that because he works Coca-Cola. So every morning before the bus would come, I would go downstairs where he kept all the drinks and stuff, and I would fill that duffel bag up with drinks and snacks and everything, like, just have a whole duffel bag full of stuff. Um, and I would sell them on the bus and in school just to make, like, lunch money because my parents, you know what I mean? Like, they, like, they they weren't poor enough to get free lunch, but they weren't well, well enough for, to be to pay for lunch every day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got so you. I had to, like, scrounge around. It's a, it's a messed up median that, that, that they put us in. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like, I just had to, like, create my own, man, because my parents were never tight to be like, oh, yeah, you need money, I got you. Nah, man, like, I had to really, like, just kind of do my own thing, and I had to um, make my own situations happen. So the fact that I was just, you know what I mean, just selling and hustling in school, um, it, it was just in my blood, bro, just to kind of get it, to get it where I could and, and, and get it from where I can, man, like, stuff like that, so. Yeah, man, yeah. so not to interrupt, but it's funny, man, because, like, 
<clears throat> so so we, we both, we met in Egg Harbor City, going to school, things like that. Um, uh, you know, I moved, I moved to North Carolina when I was, I think I was 13 or something like that. I know it was right before eighth grade year. And the transition was hard, man. Like my mom couldn't find a job. Uh, the living situation was real weird because we were living with my brother for a while. And then we got our own place and blah, blah, blah. My mom started uh, drinking a lot more because uh, she wasn't working. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things that, that stuck out of what you were saying to like what I think about my own life is uh, seeing my mom struggle going like growing up around like people that were selling drugs that were getting locked up that you know whatever like I got arrested at 16 for fighting you know what I'm saying yeah. uh like all those things like growing up around that even when I was that age like even when I was 14 15 16 years old like in my head I knew that I needed to be better than that you know what I'm saying and yeah. even though I went down that path of like hanging with the wrong crowd and doing the wrong things, in the back of my mind, I was like, damn, man, like one day I want to own my own business. One day when shit's not that hard, like I'm going to buy my mom a house. Like I'm going to buy, like whatever. And like obviously my mom passed when I was 18 and I never got to do that. But I think that I've done a lot of things since she's passed to honor her like joining the army when I got out the army, starting my own business and doing this podcast, man. So I, I completely agree with you and I can relate with that of like you saying like you knew then kind of like, man, I, I need to be better or at least having your parents or somebody telling you you need to do better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I had that in my mind and then what, what happened, like, like, like kind of how similar to your catalyst my catalyst in my life was when my grandmother passed away, so she raised me. So when my grandmother passed away, that just kind of uh, put me in a very, very, very dark and just um, just an unsure place, bro. I was very um, just uh, confused. I was very hurt, and I didn't know what to do with my life. It was kind of a, a abrupt situation, like very, very unexpected, very off guard. Um, and for a while, man, it kind of it, it kind of felt like it was just me. Like it, it was just it was just me. Like there was nobody else, like at all. It was just me. And I'm like, God, like what's what like what's the purpose of stuff like this? You know what I'm saying? Like the typical questions that people ask when death when death comes. Oh yeah, yeah. I just felt like God was taking me and like pruning me and and like you know what i mean like chiseling like if i was like a, a a block of marble and he wanted to make the 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 uh sculpture of david you know what i'm saying like he was just chiseling the things away that needed to be and it took me a lot a lot of hurt and a lot of wisdom and a lot of understanding and a lot of prayer a lot of uh life to to get to this point that i'm about to say um that in a way though it hurt um, my my grandmother passing away was a blessing in the in the fact of I got to know who I was. Like Man. I got to know who I really was. I felt like prior to that I didn't know who I was. But I felt like when that situation happened, like when stuff hit the fan and everything was like 
I felt like the the weight of the universe was on my head. I felt like that pressure and that chiseling and uh, and that and that and that stage of like um, just uncertainty really pushed me um, to a place where I had to really like fend and, and learn who I was at a, at a rapid rate because it felt like. Because when that situation happened, I was very hurt, confused, and I was looking for validation, and I was looking for understanding and acceptance, like, through women and through people, and I, I wanted everybody to like me, so I would go above and beyond, and and, um, and, and the love that I, that I found in my grandmother, I would go or try to find it in, like, other women or other people, because I, I, I felt like I lacked that. But yeah, in reality, everything that I lacked, I had inside myself the whole time by the grace of God. So it's just like, it took me so long to learn that. It took a lot of dark places. Like I took like very, like suicidal thoughts, man. Like I was very heavy into like almost killing myself because my grandmother passed away. It was very, a very heart-wrenching situation. But I felt like in that time, um, a lot of people left my life. Like a lot of friends abandoned me. A lot of uh, like people, like family, like they robbed, like some family members like robbed robbed my house and robbed me while I was at the funeral and took my TV took my turntables like you know what I mean like, I felt like everything was just like I felt like it was one thing after another um, and stole money from us all this stuff man it was just all this stuff and I'm just like God like what are you like what what is going on man and and, and in, in the moment it sucked it sucked so much and I'm just like what is happening like I question God every day of my life I'm like yo if there is a God why would this stuff happen? You know, typical questions that people ask that are valid questions. And I would do that continuously. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't even know if I want to believe in God. Because it's just like all this bad stuff is happening. But through that, man, I really just had this desire to like, yo, like, you know what? I need to find out why in situations like this, people always are like, oh, just trust God, whatever. Like the typical thing you hear everybody said that believes in God. They're like, oh, do this, do that. You know what I mean? I, I'm like, you know what? I need to find out these things on my own. Because what you're telling me is not comforting me. So I just ended up diving into the Bible more and prayer and just, you know what I mean? Like just really having like real honest, vulnerable, real conversations like with God, man. And um, I think out of those uh, very deep and very vulnerable conversations that, I've, that I had, just wrestling with God and the thought of God and, and death and, and uh, just uncertainty and all this and like unbelief. It, uh, it, it, it created in me um, a deeper relationship with God that to this day I feel like nobody can shake because it's just like I was in the darkest moment of my life and I felt like that's when he showed up type thing mm. um, and, 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 and that showed up with like blessings and oh God gave me stuff if he gave me anything is that he gave me understanding and he gave me wisdom about the situation, I feel like so, and, and those are things that that nobody can take away from you. you know what I mean, everybody always talks about about blessings that are that are like materialistic. Oh, God blessed me with a car. God blessed me with a house. God blessed me with da 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 da. And, and I, I feel like those are material things. I feel like what God blessed me with, no man can take away because I gained wisdom. Nobody can take wisdom away. I gained experience. Nobody can take experience away. And I gained an understanding of myself that I feel like if somebody that's close to me was to go through something similar to what I went through, I can be I can be for that person what I needed at that time. And that's a, a voice of understanding, a voice of comfort, a voice of experience that has gone through the same thing. Um, and that has allowed me to 
uh, those experiences have, have allowed me to mature in my faith, have allowed me to mature as a man. And because um, there's a lot of people that take death and they let it get to them in a way that is uh, in kind of like, um, kind of like, uh, what's the word? Um, it kind of like uh, debilitating. Yeah, it's debilitating. Like it's like they they that's perfect word. It's it's like debilitating. They like they freeze up. It's like yo, like their whole world is gone. It's like yo, you know what? You have every right in the world to feel like that. Nobody is saying you can never feel like that because you should feel like that. Man, there's some, there's some people who who turn to drinking. There's some people who turn to drugs. There's some people who turn to sex. There's some people who turn to, to working. Like there's there's things that people do after a significant death in people's life that they feel that there's a void that they have to fill with something. It has to be something that will either distract you or it will numb you or it will take your mind off of it. And it's like, if I can be honest, the best thing that I did when my grandmother passed away was I faced those fears and those doubts and those emotions and those just me crying. Like I would literally cry at random times, bro. Like I would smell something that remind me of her and I'd break, I'd have a full breakdown yeah. and, it's, and, and it's not, and it's not avoiding that. Like I feel like people want to avoid it. it. I took my feelings and I took, the, the, the things that God gave me, which are my feelings and which are the things that, that people have when um, like stuff like that happens. And I literally ran, ran headfirst into it. I'm like, I need to, 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 to not look for um, a crutch that is going to allow me to hold on to this longer and make me incompetent longer. It's like, no, you know what? Let me deal with this directly. Let me deal with these feelings directly. And that will allow me not to get over it because you can never get over stuff like that ever but not to get over it but to have an understanding and have a knowledge and a wisdom and be like all right you know what like and be able to say you know what i i handled this and i handled my emotions head on i didn't, I didn't ignore them and now i have peace so if if her name comes up or something happens like i'll cry once in a while because you know those those feelings never really will go away you just get stronger you as a person you get you get stronger but it's it's like i i, I took that and instead of avoiding the hurt i ran directly into the hurt and i faced it and i continued to um, go through it, and, I, and I, I went through the hard parts of hurt. I went through the difficult parts of hurt and depression and, and suicide and, and, and overthinking and anxiety and, and then searching for things that were never going to fill me up, ever, ever, ever. I, I ran head into that, and I'm like, God, I'm going to deal with this with you head on. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have nobody in my life at that point. I feel like everything had dissipated. So I just, I, at that moment, I, I only had myself and I had God, and I, I felt like that was God teaching me in, the, in that season of my life that no matter how much you have or how much is taken away or how much you think you have, I am all that you need. And it sounds very cliche, very, very, very cliche, but I learned it. I learned that the hard way. And, I, and that's a lesson that in my life I have never, ever, 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 ever forgotten because I, because people look at me they're like, oh, Michael, you're touring, you're doing this, you're doing that. And, I, and it's like, you know what? I am. 
and people always tell me, oh, Michael, like, you're so humble, like, what, like, what, what happened that, that, like, how are you so humble, like, I remember I, I went to a show one time, and I was chilling with just regular, regular people, and somebody came up to me, like, yo, like, why are you chilling with them, like, the green room's back there, like, do, do you need anything, do you, you know, stuff like that, and I'm like, what, I'm like, nah, man, I'm cool, bro, like, I'm good, like, this is, like, I'm, I'm cool with being here, you know what I mean, like, like I don't believe my own hype, because I know that I'm not the one that put me here, you feel me? Mm. Yes. So, like, I, I know that I didn't put myself here. So I'm not going to believe my own hype. So it's kind of like, Michael, like, what keeps you like this? Like, what, what, what drives you? What, like, like, what, 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 like, stuff like that. Like, somebody told me what, what keeps you where you are is being humble and, uh, and knowing what God has given you. And I feel like I'm able to know what that is because I've had, I, there was a point in my life where I had absolutely nothing and no one but God. And I and I went through that season, and I faced it, and I went through the hurt. And I and I'm not saying like this like hurt and, and pain and, and like alone or like loneliness is a one time thing in life. But I went through a very 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 dark season of like three years where I was just in in a pit. I felt like, and I felt like I went through that and I faced it and I prayed through it and I worshipped through it and I, and I I, I, I I questioned God like it's okay if you have questions you know what I mean like nobody's perfect I for, for the love of God I am not perfect in the least but I know where where I know where when I ask for help and I know when I ask for comfort and I know when I ask for understanding and I know when I ask for wisdom I know who's going to be there you know what I mean like it's, I, I know the person who will comfort me? I know the the person who who will like come to me and and, and will say like, and and that's and and if other and people and other people's lives is different, but for me that's God. Like I I knew and I still know to this day what it is like to feel alone, to feel lonely, to feel um, forgotten about, to feel like the world is I, I, like every form of shame. Every form of depression, every form of anxiety, every form of overthinking, all those type of things, I felt that at 100%. And I feel like I'm stronger now because I know where I can run to when things like that happen. And that's, and that's in the arms of God. So I feel like people like, yo, like, what? what's your hustle? Yo, like, what makes you, like, 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 like you know what I mean? Like, what, what, what makes me the way I am is because, I, like, I know I'm not supposed to be... Like I like I don't deserve this. You know what I mean? Like, like when you look at other people, there's other people that work harder than me, that do what I do, and they're not nowhere near where I'm at. And and and, and that's not because of hard work. That's not because of connections. That's because like God put me in places that I needed to be to, because He has something for me to do. And I'm just trying to be faithful in that. So I wake up every day with like. I try to wake up every day with like a gratitude in my heart that's like, yo, you know what? I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm going to do everything in my power to, to, to glorify God and what I'm doing. And if God doesn't want me here, he won't have me here. I've, I've taken away all anxiety. I've taken away all misunderstanding of like, oh, like I need to get more. I need more. I'm like, listen, if I need more, God will give me more. God, if, if, if you need me to have more, you'll give me more. If you need me to chill out, I'll chill out. Like I don't take... I don't take direction from myself. I take direction from like from like from my faith. You know what I mean? I'm mm. like, yo, you know what? Like everything that I have is not because of me. 
You know what I mean? Obviously, it's because of me because I physically did it. But those like there's things in my life that have happened to this day that I can't explain. I'm like, yo, I don't like people like, yo, how'd you get on Dude Perfect and all this stuff? How you ask me? It's like some of the stuff is like, yo, like that's just like that's God blessing me because like I didn't like what if I didn't know my homeboy? Like I wouldn't be on the tour. You know what I mean? And what if I didn't do well on the John tour? Then I wouldn't be on the Dude Perfect tour. Like, you know what I mean? Like, God yeah. has given me the ability and the, and the, and the things to succeed. And I'm just, I'm just following his lead. You feel me? So it's just like, if, 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 if one day something doesn't happen, I'm not going to stress. Cause I'm like, Yo, you know what? Like you brought me to, you brought me here. You took me out. So it's just like, you, like, I, I come and go as you please. You feel me? So it's like, yeah. it's, it's like, I'm an instrument. You feel me? I'm an oh. instrument. Like, I'm the one that's like, 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 I'm not the person holding the hammer. I'm the hammer. Like, you feel me? Like, I'm not the person that's holding the lawnmower. Like, I'm the lawnmower. Like, you feel me? I'm doing the I'm doing the work, but I'm not the one that's ultimately controlling. You feel me? Yeah, man. Man, so the so the crazy thing about what you said is that like, you know, you 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 suffered that loss of like losing your grandmother and you you kind of you faced it. And the thing that you said and, and it really hit me, it hit my heart was that um to some people, it is debilitizing. And it's true because I had my older brother, when my mom passed, um, I, the, the situation was I, I was the one that found her that she passed and I was the one that had to make the phone calls and everything like that, you know what I'm saying? That's the same thing that happened with me and my grandmother. I had to make all the phone calls. Yeah, man. And so my older brother, he like pulled me to the side and he was like, yo, man, like, if you are angry at the world right now, like nobody could blame you. If you throw your life away right now, like nobody could blame you because they don't understand what you're going through. But what he said was that you owe it to yourself and you owe it to her to honor her with the decisions that you make. Because like for me, I mean, same situation, man. My mom was, in her late 60s and uh when she passed like it just went from like one day we we you know the very last thing i ever said to my mom was i love you and that right there like then the next morning she's gone and and it was tough and i and and i had to start working two jobs and i went from like living in my mom's house where things were getting paid for to like boom now you're out in the fucking street like, you need to figure it out. I'm lucky that I had people that cared about me that really helped me out. But in my head, it was like a sink or swim thing. And, you know, I've had my, I've had my, my, my troubles with, with drinking and depression and anxiety and things like that. But something that you said that, that really hit me uh, was that you faced it head on. And the funny part is is that, so when I was in basic training, I, you know, I lost 100 pounds, I joined the army, I'm in basic training. Um, I would see like these dudes, like these are grown men. They would be like crying because they miss their family or like they, they were letting people get to them. Like they were letting the drill sergeants get to them. They were letting like the time away from their family. Like you're there for 10 weeks. The only way you talk to your family is like contact through, uh, uh, you send letters in the mail. And then maybe like, I think we got three phone calls in the 10 weeks. And it was like, 
one minute phone calls each time. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like one of the things that, that kept me going was I kept telling myself like, this is not the hardest thing I've ever been through. Going through basic training was hard, but I had just lost my mom a year before. And that was the hardest thing that I'd ever had to deal with. And to this day, it's still the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. So like nobody was getting in my head. Nobody was able to like get into my space because I had already been so broken down that I was looking at the army as like a step up. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, man, like, yeah, they're they're talking to me like I'm a piece of shit. But like, I have somewhere to sleep. I'm getting paid and I have food to eat. So like, I really can't complain. Now, I'd be lying if I said that, uh, you know, it it was it was uncomfortable, like it it was an uncomfortable situation. But I own the space in my head. And by owning the space in my head, I was able to push through uh, with the with the basic training, the job training, all that stuff. And then even now, like this is six years later that my mom had passed, um, I still frequently compare hard times that I'm having at this day to going through that and coming out on the other side. Um, and exactly like you said, like it lit a, it lit a fire in me that I realized like I have two options. I'm either going to be like everybody else that I know, everybody else that's stuck in Charlotte, North Carolina, that sold drugs and were in gangs in high school, and now they're just fucking locked up, they're dead, or they're working at an amusement park that I worked at when I was 16, or I'm gonna do something with my life. And, and even like after getting medically separated from the army, um, I still had that same mentality of like, I cannot be a nobody. I cannot be somebody that gets complacent. And now, not only do I have that, that um, inspiration from my mother, to go further and, and push harder. But I also have that, inf- that, that inspiration from my wife and my son. And I really think like life is, life is full circle. If my mom never adopted me, we wouldn't be having this phone call. Or we wouldn't be having this conversation. And then because of how my mother raised me, even though times were tough and, and we had some good and a lot of bad, uh, I knew that adopting my son would make his life better. And yeah. so like, it's, it's, it's a full circle thing. So, um, okay. So you go through that loss and you start to really commit to being a DJ. Yeah, man. I, I, I after my grandmother passed away, I really started getting into music and as a form of expression and, uh, and, uh, and uh, just, a, just a way of, um, expressing myself and just getting um, a, a kind of a creative outlet on uh, everything I have. And I started doing it full time, bro. Um, right after high school, I moved back to Brooklyn. Was there for a year, 
got got some stuff. Uh, moved to Atlanta because my family had just moved there. Um, moved to Atlanta, man, and just man just built connections, bro. And I, and the, like the more I look back, the more I'm like, dang, bro, it was it was definitely God, bro, because all these connections that that uh, that 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 were planted and and and, and grew and, and bloomed into connections that people to this day ask me about i'm just like man like i literally was in the right place at the right time i had the right attitude and and now i'm i am where i am yeah man i i always find it like man it, it's funny like connections yeah it, it, i I don't even like I have some thoughts in my head of like things that I've I've just been lucky to to meet a person or or to, you know, I just so happen to be really nice to some guy somewhere and then turns around and he's like, yo, man, are you looking for work? Are you you know what I'm saying? Um, I've had like things like that. Uh, one of the one of the things that that kind of you know that that kind of gets me is like you you were doing the music thing and i remember like watching it and and i remember we we talked like this was years ago um when we reconnected uh i think like through facebook or something uh we were just talking about like you being in atlanta and you you know you you really taking this stuff serious and even then when i was hearing you say it i was like damn man like this dude is really like sticking to the plan like, I, I think that when you come from a situation uh, where you grow up harder or you suffer some sort of loss or whatever, there really is, like, the most successful people that I've ever met in my life have usually had a really tough backstory. And that's the reason why I wanted to change the format of this podcast from being just about fitness to being more about like motivation and talking to people because I've had so many amazing conversations, even with you, um, uh, or especially with you that I was like, man, I don't want to, I don't want my listeners to miss out on that because, uh, I'm trying to stick to one category. Does that make sense? Yeah. That makes perfect. yeah. So, that makes sense, I mean, for me, it's just like uh, valleys will teach you things that mountaintops could never teach you, bro. And I feel like growing up in the hood and growing up in places where um, we are less fortunate and, and the opportunities are, 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 are few and far away, I think that we, that to, to, this is just me. To me, that was an advantage. Now, all these kids that grow up in, 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 in and, and I, I'm, I'm not saying that people that live in the burbs and people that, that, that they can't be successful or they can't do this, I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Like, there's, there's white privilege and then there's hood privilege. And I feel like I have hood privilege. Yeah, man. Because I feel like growing up, and in the hood, it gave me a dog in me. It put a dog in me, and it, and it allowed me to have a perseverance. It allowed me to have a deeper understanding and a deeper rooted confidence, as opposed to being in a situation where I didn't have to work as hard 
to get places and I didn't have to deal with as many things. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like growing up in the hood, I have a survival, I have a survival mentality. Like, you know what I mean? I have a dog in me. And I feel like that's transferred into the way that I maneuver within music and the way that I maneuver in all these things. I just feel like it, it's, it's a, I really feel like it's allowed me to have an advantage. I feel like I have good privilege. Man, I'm, <laughs> so, so the funny thing is like you said like that survival and uh, the funny thing is like my wife and I talk all the time and she says, she calls it my survival mode. When I get into this mode of like, where I'm, where I just, I'm, I'm out there, like I'm applying, I'm, I'm, I'm applying myself to school. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Uh, I'm just like laser focused. It's just that survival mode of like, man, whatever happens, happens, but I gotta, I gotta try. You know what I'm saying? And I think for what you said, like you get that hood privilege. Like I a hundred percent agree with you, man. Cause bro, like me and you, we, we grew up in the same place and then I moved and then, and then you bounced around. But, um, man, we talked about it when we connected last year. Like I got more dead friends than I do alive. Like I got more friends that are locked up than I have that are free. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. To, to see that and to have to, you know, live with that and live with that uh, in your head that like any day you could lose it all. Any day, uh, you know, things can go from really great to really shitty. You have to set up like plan A, plan B, plan C. And I think that people that grow up in like hardship, hardship situations, they have a better understanding of the realities of the world. I, I tell that to my wife all the time that, you know, I, I want to make sure my son grows up and he goes to a really good school and he lives in a really good neighborhood and I'm able to buy him things that my mom would have never been able to buy me. But I'm also going to remind him that for a lot of other people, life is harder. And though he's not going to have to grow up the way that I grew up, I still want him to know, like, you're privileged because I worked my ass off. You, are, you, you get this car at 16 because you got good grades, but also because I'm working my ass off to build something that, that will pay off for him more than it'll ever pay off for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and, and I think that, like you said, like there's white privilege and there's hood privilege. And I really do think like when you grow up hard and you grow up in situations where things are uncertain, once you control that space in your head where you're like, you know what, I'm going to start a business. You know what? You know, I, I can knock on 2000 doors. And if only one answers, that's enough for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just like, uh, I don't know, man. I, th I think it does. I think hardship creates entrepreneurs. I really do. Because I think if I was handed everything, if everything was given to me in my life, then I wouldn't value anything. I wouldn't have value for like the car that I worked my ass off to buy or the, the you know, even a nice watch or something like that, that, you know, you, I wouldn't value it if I didn't have to work hard for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, man. So, okay. So you get these connections in Atlanta. 
Um, you're you're doing you're doing big stuff. You did John Christ, which is a comedian, and then you did you're doing Dude Perfect right now. You actually took the time out while you're on tour to do this podcast, which I really appreciate. Um, man, I feel like you said a whole bunch of gems, but I I wanna I wanna pick your brain a little more, and I wanna ask. Um, so right now, like as you're on the road, as you're doing things, what would you say is like the most valuable uh, lesson that you've learned, maybe in this last year, what's the most valuable lesson that you've learned, whether it be about yourself, whether it be about life or relationships or whatever it might be, it's just something that you, you maybe didn't know a year ago, but now you're like, damn, I'm really uh, happy that I learned that. One thing that, I've, that I, I, I feel like I can say that I've learned is that nobody owes you anything. Like, nobody owes you anything. I don't care if your mom gave you money. I don't care. Like, nobody owes you anything in this world. And the sooner you get that out of your mind or that people have to feel sorry for you for what you went through or people have to have sympathy for you, no. The sooner you get that out of your mind, then the less excuses you, you have and the more you can just do what you got to do without worrying about um, will, will you have an advantage because you went through certain things or no, like nobody owes you anything. Mm. No, I, I completely agree, man. I, like I said, man, it's, it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to watch everything that you're doing. You put out music, you, you're in music videos. Like uh, I got to see you live when you came to Denver Um like just everything about it, man, is so, it, it really does, like y- y- your personality, your, your mannerisms, they truly do like show uh, a man of faith and um, a humble man, you know what I'm saying? And honestly, like that's one of the things that I've, I've had to work on the most is, is having faith and like you said, like you, you went through your situations and you questioned God and you, you know, uh, uh, like everybody does like the why me and, and you know, whatever. And, and same thing for me. Like I felt like when my mom passed, I was really angry at everyone. I was angry at, you know, people for, I'm not even gonna lie. I was, I was angry for people that complained about their parents. Like if I heard somebody complaining about their parents, I'd be like, damn, I wish I could fucking complain about that because I don't get to do that. You know what I'm saying? But, but one of the things that I learned and definitely in this last like two years when I was, uh, when I was in the process of getting out of the military, when I was, I was adjusting to the regular world again. Uh, like you said, man, that was one of the biggest things that I learned as well was that nobody owes you shit. Nobody, nobody has to give you anything. Nobody has to give you respect. Nobody has to give you a handout. Nobody has to give you anything. If you're going to be successful, you have to wake up every morning with purpose. And I think one of the biggest things, the reason why people uh, never see their dreams uh, become into uh, fruition is because they're afraid to be that assertive. You know what I'm saying? They're afraid to say like, hey, today is the day that I'm gonna get my ass up and I'm gonna really chase this dream, no matter how big it is. You know what I'm saying? 
And uh, it, it, I think that it speaks volumes to the type of person that you are because I know you put in the work. I know that you, you got your hands dirty and you, you DJed the small, the small venues and you, 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 you know, worked consistently and I'm sure you've probably done it for free. Um, to get to where you are now and to give all that glory to God, that's what makes you an even better, uh, in my opinion, just a better uh, representative of the culture and you know, th this is why I wanted you on this podcast, man, is because I feel like you are, are and not to be funny, like the poster child of like, but you're a man of like, um, you know, walking by faith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, you know, everybody has their ups and downs and everybody has their failures and things like that. I just really think that you have stuck to it for so long that people needed to hear what you had to say about your story so they can understand that even if they're going through something, uh, just stick it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so tell me about the, uh, the music, man. Tell me about the music. I want to know, because uh, I know you were on some songs or something like that. You were in music videos. I watched them. Um, so tell me like how you got into that and is it like you're staying in the, uh, the, the, the Christian music? Is that what you're doing? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really like to put a label on my, on my music. I just make music from my, um, positioning. I am a Christian and, and with that comes my life experiences and my worldviews and my vision, um, all comes from that, that foundation and that rock, um, so I don't really call it Christian music. I call it like, whatever you want to call it. It's cool. Um, it doesn't matter to me. But I personally don't call it that. It's more of like, hey, like I believe in Jesus and I have the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through that, like it, it leaks through my music, uh, leaks through my life. I don't, I don't make music that's like, yo, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't make that kind of music. Yeah. But you will hear my faith in my music and, and, and my life will exemplify that. Um, and I'm just an executive producer and curator and A&R for all the music that I do. Um, and I work with producers and artists to make just the best quality music that I can. Um, still getting better, still, still growing, still expanding and all of that. So, um, yeah, bro, I've been making music for, as soon as I started DJing, um, and I've been releasing music for like two years, three years now. Yeah. Um, I just dropped uh, two new songs. Uh, I dropped one last month. It's called Doing the Most, featuring Bachi and Ray Benson. And then I dropped one last week uh, with uh, Reach Records, a really um, prominent uh, label within our genre that I absolutely love and grew up on and, and, and just emulated and everything. It was just a dream come true, bro. Yeah, man. It, it, hold on, which, it, it, and you did a song with John Christ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I did a song with John Chris as well. Uh, he came to me and was like, yo, I want to drop music, but I don't know how to do it. So I did everything I could to make it as easy as possible for him to drop a song. And that that, that went off and that hit pretty hard. So it's dope. Yeah, man. And yeah, I, I love the, the God Always. And, and I've seen the brand that you put out with the clothing, uh, the music, things like that. I, I, I'll be honest, man. I was getting like a real... Um, like DJ Khaled vibe, you know what I'm saying? 
and, <laughs> and but the funny thing is like people talk uh they talk down on like DJ Khaled and what's crazy is like I mean, I've seen like Shadas and like the the movies and things like that. Man, yeah. he he's the same thing. Like he just worked his face off for years and years and years and years, and now he's in the position that he's in. And so when I get to see you in like a music video or you know the touring and things like that, I'm like, damn, bro, like you're really doing the thing that you love. You know what I'm saying? And and you know it. It's like I said, like you're doing the music, you're doing the DJing, you're doing the like all that stuff. And then even the clothing brand, tell tell the listeners about the clothing brand, uh, how that came up and where they can find that as well. Um, man, yes. Yeah, so, the, so the brand is God Always, man. That's like where I put my music out. That is the brand that I live by. It's a brand that I stand by. Uh, God always, uh, God first, God last, God always. That's the, that's the phrase. Uh, you can find it on MikeLV.com. And stuff like that. We got hoodies, uh, shirts, stuff like that. Hats coming soon. But yeah, bro, it's just got always. Awesome, man. And so the last thing that I want to ask you is, um, so you you clearly are a man of faith. And, you you know, my listeners are going to listen to this. And I'm more on the, the uh, spiritual side. So I'm more like, I, I feel like we're all connected in a way that like, you be a good person, good things will happen. I still believe in God. I just don't go to church as much type thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm a big believer in legacy. And like I said, um, I want to work my, my whole entire life. I want to bust my ass so that my son never has to. So that my son and my wife, on the day that I die, uh, can say I left them in a better position than they would have been if, if I, I had never been in their life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and, and with that, it's, it's, I try to give motivation. I try to be a good person as much as possible. Um, I just try to be a genuinely uh, happy person. Even when I'm struggling with things myself, I don't want to put it on other people. So if you could leave uh, one thing in this world, one lesson or one you know, your legacy, uh, what, what would that be? Um, I think one thing that I would leave this podcast with and that I would leave just my, I guess I guess like a legacy is that, is that, you know, like God is faithful to finish the things that he started, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very easy to lose faith and look at the world and, and see these things and, and be like, yo, like, there is no God, there is nothing, like, all, all life, all this stuff. And But one thing I, I want to leave with is, is that, yo, like, God God is faithful to finish what he started in you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I and, and, and I firmly believe that, man, that he would leave, uh, he would leave the, 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 he would leave the 91, the 99 for the one. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, that's why I, I want my legacy to be, man. Like, God is just faithful. Yeah, that's, man, that's funny. You said he would leave the 99 for the one, and I have a tattoo on my arm that says the sheep that got lost. And it represents me struggling through life and 
getting further and further from religion and then getting brought back into it with uh, spirituality and believing that things happen for a purpose and that, you know, I don't control what's going on here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm supposed to act as if I'm getting told what to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, man, look, thank you so much um, for coming on here. Tell everyone where they can find you, Instagram, uh, if you have Twitter, YouTube, anything like that, drop that, and then... Yeah, of course. Um, yo, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that, YouTube, it's all the same thing. It's at DJ Michael V. Michael is spelled M-Y-K-A-E-L, um, letter V, um, at, at DJ Michael V. You can find me everywhere and anywhere under that same, that same app, bro. Awesome. All right, man. Thank you so much.